Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Better Relationships, Better Life, where relationships expert Judy K. Herman and her guests share insights that can help you move through conflicts in your 9-to-5 jobs and your 24-7 lives. Crack the clarity code and create deeper connections beyond the messiness of relationships. Here's your host, Judy K. Herman. If your marriage doesn't feel quite right, you'll want to tune into this episode. Natalie Hoffman has been there and courageously gives us clarity about covert abuse. Any kind of abuse is not only a global issue. But her ministry is to women of faith, especially Christian women who have homeschooled their children, many caught up in a belief system that grooms them to accept a toxic view of themselves and their relationships. Let's listen in to Exposing Emotional Abuse, How to Break Free from Marital Confusion. Natalie, I am so glad you are here. I want folks to know that you are the author and host of the Flying Free podcast. You're a speaker and a coach for women of faith in emotionally and spiritually abusive marriages. And I would absolutely love for you to just tell our tell our listeners more about what you do. It's so cool that we met, I don't know, was it a couple years ago that, yeah. uh, that I was actually on your podcast? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, if time goes by so fast, it's hard to remember when specific things happen. But yeah, I feel like I've known you for a while. So, you know, you're one of those people, Natalie, I'll tell you that you meet meet you for the first time. It's kind of like you're one of those people that you feel like you've known each other for a long time. And I think because there are so many things about your story, even though my story is different, but there's a whole lot of similarities and dynamics that I certainly resonated with on so many levels. But yeah, yeah I, so I, we were talking before, I just want to tell our, our listeners that you're a, you're on uh, episode number 191, but I was on your episode 34 talking about destructive oh, family patterns. And yeah. so it's been that long ago, however long that has been, but I have watched you and how you have really made such a huge difference for women who are in confusing and covert emotional and spiritual abuse and they have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a big thing too. I I think I used to say that one out of every three women in, in Christian environments were in a covert abusive relationship. I really think now it's close to half, Mm. maybe even more than half because, and there, and you can't, there's no statistics on it because Covert abuse is so under the radar. It's so difficult to understand. People figure it out by talking to other people who've experienced it and can put words to it mm-hmm. um, by examining. I have like a, an emotional abuse quiz by exam, you know, answering questions like, am I experiencing this in my marriage? And a lot of people on the outside will say, oh, that's no big deal. If you just take one little behavior 
It's like, well, that's no big deal. And maybe yeah. a little behavior would be no big deal if it happened once in a great while. But with covert abuse, it's behaviors. Um, I think Patrick Doyle is the one who called it death by a million cuts. It's wow. behaviors that are small and tiny, but they are patterns of behaviors. They happen over and over and over again, and they never stop. Well, here it is as we record this. It is uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So domestic violence, like overt abuse, where we, you can put your finger on it if he's yes. hit you or there's bruises or kept you contained where you couldn't get out of a room, all of those things that we can put our finger on. But covert abuse is very different than that. And it can be so confusing. I, I want folks to see the cover of your book, Is It Me?, and I think this came out, what, in 2019, was it? Um, um, sometime around there. Yeah, I don't there. even remember. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, it's out, it's out there. It's amazing. It's great. But on page 15 of the book, you do define, it says, my definition of hidden emotional domestic abuse is the secret, regular, and repeated cruel mistreatment of the inner emotions and heart of another person living within the same home. Yeah. So they're targeting the emotions of a human be another human being. They're using emotional manipulation, um, maybe guilt manipulation or shaming another person in order to control that person and get that person to do what they want them to do. And it works really well on Christian women, especially who have a higher, uh, they just have a, guilt conscience that flares up very easily there. They really want to follow God and do what's right and obey the Bible and make their husband happy. And so it's very easy for a Christian man. If he understands all of this to use all of that against her, to get her to discount her own perspectives and her own ideas and to feel a lot of shame and guilt. And, and that's what we get those kind of dynamics in other areas, don't we, Natalie, not just in the marital relationship. So, so do, are they aware, is a couple aware of this? Because we would like to think they're just doing it and they don't even know any better, or we don't know any better because this is what dad did from, you know, this is how you've been groomed, so to speak, which is what I speak about about how that family of origin and these patterns and the whole yes. system, it's a bigger system than that couple. Yes. So speak to that. I think these men, I think some of them are aware and doing it on purpose to be malicious, but I think a lot of them just do it because it works. Mm. You know, you, you get married to someone and then you start noticing that if you want something that all you have to do is say a little sideways jab or maybe imply you know, be passive aggressive or make an implication or, you know, and the other person jumps to figure out what you're trying to say and fix it and make you feel better. And so these guys realize, Hey, that works. I don't even know that they're consciously thinking, Oh, this little abuse tactic works. They're not thinking that way. They just, it's just human nature to do what, what's pragmatic and what works for us. If I want my way. And I know that if I say something to guilt, manipulate my partner, then, uh, she'll give me my way. Then I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. It's so yeah. it's really, it, it come, it stems from an inward attitude of entitlement that already exists 
in the abusive person. It's, it's an inside thing. It's like, they are like that. That's who they are as a human being. And so they're going to figure out that's why people like this, they don't necessarily want to be with someone who is very well boundaried and says no. So in a dating relationship, this kind of uh, an abusive person, if they meet someone who's like, no, I don't want to do that. Or who's very confident about their own perspectives and opinions. The abuser is not going to be as attracted to that kind of individual because they're not manipulatable. Well, speak to that because, okay, we grew up as young women and, and I know this probably goes both ways, but I'm thinking, Natalie, you're, you're thinking it's mainly the man who is the abuser and the woman who is the, it definitely of- goes both ways. Cause I know, I know couples where the woman is the abusive one. So I'm well aware of that. I just, my, all my work is toward, it's with female victims. So I just make the assumption, especially if she's coming forward first, I'll make the assumption, assumption that she's telling the truth and then I'll, you know, work with her, but yeah, it does go both ways. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and how we are all groomed as well. So we grew up with these stories of Cinderella and Prince Charming and Sleeping Beauty and, and, you know, a woman might look at uh, a husband or, you know, a potential spouse or whatever, these leadership skills, she's always wanted someone to be the leader. Yes. And then we have that built into our patriarchal church systems, don't we, where the man yep. has to be the spiritual leader. Why don't you, yeah, speak to that because it's, it's a two-way thing, right? To, to be drawn to this where yeah. it might work for a while, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, well, it can. I mean, I mean, you've heard of complementarian thinking. That's the idea. It's uh, the idea that men were created to be leaders and they were naturally designed to be leaders and women were created to be followers mm. and natural design to play a certain role. And um, it's just very limited in its understanding of human nature and its understanding, I believe, of God. But it's very, it became very popular and, um, in, in some Christian circles and it specifically grooms women and makes them believe that this is actually God's plan for them to Mm. not have boundaries, to not have perspective or, or if they do have perspective that it's definitely below someone's perspective who is a a male person. Mm -hmm. So I think Christian women are very, are especially susceptible to this kind of thinking. It is obviously this is out there in culture at large, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, throughout the history of the world, we've had been very misogynistic, Yeah, you know, but, um, I think even as culture is starting to come around starting to have conversations about this, how this is not correct the night, you know, you think about the 1950s, the dad who goes to work and the mom stays home, which also is just, that wasn't even, that was just a, a, for a time period. You know, that was not like, that was, that was not the norm all throughout history. Actually, it was just a, a time period thing, but now it's like Christians today now think that that's, those are the golden years because that was when women were truly living out their God-given roles and men mm. were truly living out their God. That's just, a bunch of hogwash. If you look at all of history, that just doesn't even compute. But however, in all of history, you do see men and women, um, you do see misogyny 
uh, tons and tons of misogyny. And we're coming like, would you want to live a hundred years ago in the world as a woman, or would you rather <laughs> live today? Obviously, yeah, we'd rather we would live today. Definitely like just, well, it, yeah, we've, we've come along. I think the, the level of consciousness, we, we are, we have this history and we see how all of this history has affected us today, but then to stay stuck in that way of thinking is, is very damaging, isn't it? Yes, because it, it is, it yeah. is. And yet that's what I am seeing the church in general. Obviously there's some good churches that are healthy out there and they understand, they understand that men and women are, they're not, yes, we are different from each other, but we are also equal and perspectives are equal and we're equal before God, but, but there are many pockets of religion out Christian religion out there, certain denominations and pockets. And those that's where these women are starting. That's where the vast majority of the abuse is taking place. Mm. And it is as a direct result of the theology that they're teaching. So these are the women that are, I see a huge movement right now of these women getting educated, first of mm. all, because mm -hmm. they've been isolated really. They've been told what books to read. They've been told what pastors to listen to. They've been told these people are her heretical. So don't listen to them. Um, so this is, this is what, this is what nations and countries do. when they're trying to, you know, use propaganda to control the thinking mm. of the people. And this is what the church is doing to control the thinking of women and keep them in a place of subservience and oppression and keep them willingly there. Women are staying there willingly. They want to stay there because they, because they've been brainwashed with this idea that this is what God wants. And if it's what God wants, then that's what I need to do. This is a lie from the devil. And now it is star. I really see it starting to turn around. I think there's a huge movement of people just rising up and saying, this is literally satanic and we're not going to wow. stand for it. Yeah. And, and you know what? I want to back up a little bit too, because you have this, this uh, remarkable understanding and passion, Natalie, I would love for my listeners to know where Natalie came from. You had how many children before yeah. coming to a point of, can you share some of your story? Yeah, sure. I mean, I grew up in a very conservative Christian home. Um, we were immersed in the Bill Gothard movement. Um, I used to go to his seminars in the, in the seventies and eighties. I married a, um, a man who was a brand new Christian at the time, but I thought, and there were problems that I could see, mm -hmm. but I thought it was my job to be the wind beneath his wings and to help him and just mm -hmm. be his helpmate and, mm -hmm. and everything was gonna be great. I got involved in the homeschooling community. We had nine children. We used the Bill Gothard curriculum for four years. I was heavily in division forum. I'm throwing out names just so that, cause people who are listening, who identify with some of those things mm. or have, they will know immediately what I'm talking about because yeah. there's cultures involved in those different names that I'm dropping. But, um, and it wasn't until, um, it wasn't until I started with my marriage was painful and confusing from the very get-go six months into my marriage. I was like sick to my stomach. Cause I realized, I think I made a big mistake and I don't, and there's no way out now. 
you know, wow. cause I did not believe in divorce. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I just made the best of it and I had nine children and I love God with, I've always, since I was seven years old, just passionate about my relationship with God. And, um, but eventually I just, I tried to get help from the church in various ways at different times throughout our marriage. And then I finally started, um, actually I found Leslie Vernick's book. Actually what happened was I, I was pregnant with my last child and he's now going to be 11 this next March. But so it was almost 11 years ago and I wanted to kill myself. Wow. And I, I mean, I thought I went to a hotel and I was just, I was, my body was literally racked in sobs all night long. And I thought if I just go in the bathroom mm. and run the bathwater, but he was, he was due to be born oh, wow. like in about three weeks. Wow. And I thought I can't kill my baby. Oh, so I, so the next morning I took my laptop and I went to a coffee shop and I started Googling things like passive aggressive. I didn't know about emotional abuse. I'd never heard that term before. Wow. So I was Googling, I'd had heard what passive aggressive was, but I wasn't sure quite what it was. So I started Googling things and I found, um, I think I found Townsend and what's that guy's uh, name? Cl Cloud and Townsend. Yeah. Henry Cloud and yeah. John yes. Townsend. I found their book called, um, who's pushing your buttons. Mm. And it basically was about emotional abuse without using that terminology. Wow. But after that, and, and I was underlining, I mean, that whole book, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a thing. Like what I've been experiencing, it is a thing. And there is like, there is language for this. Wow. And then about a year and a half later, I found, um, Leslie Vernick had just published her book, the emotionally abusive marriage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I read that and I immediately hired her to coach me. Wow. So, um, I had, while she was coaching me for a year, I had an in-home kind of an in-home separation from my, um, husband at the time. And after that, and people who know Leslie, she's, she really tries to empower women to be able to make their own decisions, but also to a lot of Christian women want to stay. They don't want to get divorced. So mm -hmm. she kind of leans towards that a little bit. And I really did want to stay. I mm -hmm. really did not want to break up my marriage. Mm -hmm. And so it was perfect for me at the time, but eventually I, he, I did have my husband leave the home and we were separated for almost two years. And then during that time, I realized he's not going to change. And I need to, I need to, I can't do this anymore. It's either yeah. me kill myself or get a divorce. And I decided that God wanted me to get, just get a divorce and not kill wow. myself. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, also Leslie was one of my previous podcast guests. I can't remember what episode it is but for those that are listening go back and listen as well so that is amazing because honestly the books you mentioned i did uh i did read boundaries in marriage cloud and townsend's yeah. boundaries in marriage that was an eye-opener for me too yes. at that time and then also leslie's books it was like they, those were ahas yeah so that is amazing and i'm trying to picture the younger well 10 year ago natalie here how many kids did you have at home at that point and you had a newborn also yeah. So only one child was out. My oldest child was out of the house by that time because he was, had just actually, no, he was still in the house too. I, so my husband left, moved out when he got married. So actually, um, when my baby was born, he was still in the house. So I had nine kids in the house at the time. And wow. 
I was still homeschooling then. I did eventually put my kids in a variety of different places, depending on what they needed. But, um, and then my youngest ended up having autism. So while I was getting out during the next five years of my life, really, it was pretty much a nightmare just trying to get out and learning new things. Mm. But that was when I started uh, getting bound. That's when I started implementing boundaries. Mm. I started seeing that I was a worthwhile person. Whereas wow. before my, my feelings of worthiness were rock bottom. I really wow. thought that I was just a piece of refuse on the ground mm. and a lot of Christian teaching kind of, um, I do not believe Jesus teaches this, but Christian teaching, you know, kind of makes the problem worse because they tell you you're such a you know, a dirty, rotten little worm and God oh. can't even look at you because of how gross you are. And I really had internalized that and bought mm. into that to the extreme, I think, mm. um, and thought that that was humility. I believe mm. that that was humility. But when you think about it, how are we ever making an impact on the world when we are shut down and curled up in the fetal position mm. on our bathroom floor, mm. just trying to survive the next day? I really don't think that's what Jesus Christ came to, um, offer us. Yeah. I well, think I he, believe came he came to, to offer us, us free from yeah. that. Yeah. A life and an abundant life, but yes, I hear what you're saying. I'm so curious too, because you've got kids at all ages and then this transformation going on with their mom. How did that even affect that? You know, your, your kids is, yeah. I, I, and I think I, I heard recently it's your daughter. That's kind of actually helping you in business, which I'm thinking, Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause when you're in that relationship and you're trying to make it work, you create a sort of pseudo stability because you're doing, you're playing, you're dancing along with your partner and you're doing your part to keep him up, you know, to keep him happy, to keep the equilibrium in the relationship. Mm -hmm. When you start, um, standing up for yourself and setting boundaries and saying, yes, I will do this, but no, I won't do that. Or my perspective is different from yours. And then you start experiencing that kickback. Uh -huh. Now, all of a sudden we've created an in an unstable situation and yes, the whole family feels it. Mm -hmm. And you, and I didn't at the time have a lot of mind management skills to, um, manage my mind around that, uh -huh. which I, which I do now and which I help women. I actually help women with that. Uh-huh. And so, um, I was I was experiencing symptoms of complex post-traumatic stress disorder, mm. which are very similar to borderline personality disorder symptoms Wow! where you get hysterical and you start feeling like you're going crazy. You start communicating in ways that are very desperate and loud and, um, out of control. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing that in that in unstable place which was also just very important for me to go through that phase in order to get help then for yeah. myself. Yeah. And once I, so once the relationship was done and I was out and he was out of the house, my, like my daughter will tell you, mom started to settle mom, her, whole, I yeah. was able to have the emotional capacity wow. to now go back to what I was doing before and help my children and man and hold space for their emotions. Right. But wow. there was that very, I, I tell people when you're trying to get out of a relationship, it's going to get a lot worse mm -hmm. before it gets better. So a lot of people will go, Oh, it's so everything's getting worse. I must mm. be making the wrong choice. Mm. No, 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 no. That's exactly what's supposed to happen. Mm. You're yeah. supposed to destabilize the whole thing 
the house of cards. I talk about this in my book. The house of cards has to fall mm. before you can rebuild it. This is what sets my book apart. I think from, cause there's a lot of books out there about emotional abuse, but I talk specifically about the fallout, the religious fallout that happens. Cause mm. also my church excommunicated me as well. So it, when you're in environments of abuse, then the whole thing collapses. Mm. And that is a, um, you, you need, you need to be validated and supported through that because wow. it is, it is traumatic with a capital T you're losing everything. And now, and you're also a mother. So you need to be able to help your children with what they're, they're pro- trying to process the fact that mom and dad are separated and they might get a divorce and what's going to, and their whole lives are falling apart mm. while you're trying to figure out who in the world you are and what in the world you're doing and what your future is going to look like. And it's just pure terror and pure chaos for a while, but that's why. So in my program, we help women walk through that chaos. We walk through it with them so that they have, so they have the support that they need and the tools that they need to get through it in a way that's much more healthy than maybe I. So I want to help women not to have to go it's going to fall apart, but hopefully it won't. Hopefully they won't feel alone in it. Like I did for so Wow. Years. I mean, that is amazing that you paved the way Natalie and, and it took this much. I mean, it took such courage for you to do what you did. Great that you hired Leslie as a coach, yes. but what you're offering now, I mean, the, the sisterhood, um, maybe you can speak to that because this does take a tremendous amount of courage to do. And there's all kinds of moving parts and different stages of life. I'm sure that you're, you're helping women with, but you've got a community of people. Here's a quick pause for an important message. When it comes to workplace and personal relationships, many of these episodes give us insights into people's skills, strategies, and creating a healthy work culture. As a speaker and retreat facilitator, I also support organizations and companies. Go to my media page, judyspeaker.com, to find out how I can help. And you can also connect with me on LinkedIn, Judy K. Herman. And now, back to our conversation. Yes. So we ha- it's called the Flying Free Program or the Flying Free S- the Sisterhood, I guess. We, call- we like to call ourselves butterflies, but we're... Um, so in my program, we, I have courses and things you can take. I do coaching every week, live coaching. So we'll coach uh, it's group coaching. So everyone gets to hear other people get coached. It's the same. It's very similar. Everyone's got the same, you know, we're all going through the same things. So it's very applicable and, um, it's convenient because we put everything on a private podcast. Mm. So you don't even, you theoretically, you don't even have to log into the membership site. You just get that private podcast on your podcast app, and then you can just open it up. And when, when there's a new update, you just go in and list, you can listen to it on the go, you know, when you're doing laundry or dishes or getting ready for the day. So it doesn't necessarily have to cut into, cause these women are, they're under so much, um, pressure. And as far as just what's emotional pressure and emotional burden, they don't necessarily need another, like to log into another court and try to do a course or, or whatever. So we try to make it as easy as now there are courses and things that they can do to dig in, in further, but 
we try, I try to make it as easy as possible for them. And then you know what that's like, don't yeah, you? you know what that's yeah, like uh, to not have time or capacity, but, and also the brain fog, you're not really, it's very difficult to think clearly when you're in that, when you're mm. in that kind of chaos, mm. it's, um, so people need, I remember I needed to hear things over and over and over again, just to get them because they were such new ideas and concepts that I had never heard before. My brain was so programmed mm. a certain way with a certain way of thinking that, um, it took a long time for me to make my brain, to help my brain open up and hear new ideas and new thoughts. And those things changed my life. Wow. Once I was able to hear them and reprogram my brain in a different direction. Wow. So, and we do have a private forum also where they interact with each other and get to know each other. And we just had our very first butterfly boot camp last week in Minnesota. And there were over a hundred women that came here in person and we got wow. to hug each other and oh. add some sessions and did a lot of really fun things together. And it was amazing. So um, it, so, and, and there are people like lo, in there, like, I know there's one group in California who gets together on a regular basis here in Minnesota. We have a group that gets together, um, in person, but that for the oh, most part, I'm these so women are kind of alone, you know, in their houses yeah. and they just need connection. That's the other thing too. If they go to their church and say something, they're going to get told, oh my goodness, you're airing your husband's dirty laundry and you're being so disrespectful and you're being rebellious and mm. they're going to get shut down and shamed. So it's very scary to feel like you don't have anyone who understands or knows what you're going through. Wow. That, that is amazing. It's, it's beautiful that you're offering this Natalie, because it's, I know community makes all the difference in the world. I want to go back to what you said, like listening to things over and over again, like the re repetition, because you've been so programmed otherwise. And then these new ideas, you, you think it, because there really is two ways to change the brain, the structure of the brain. One is, one is trauma and the other mm. is repetition, but trauma does change the structure. So, so learning to think a new way, like listening to the same podcast or, or episode over and over and over again is a good thing. You have to, to retrain those neural pathways of the brain. Yes. And I think to, speaking of podcasts, listening to lots of different podcasts that mm. are saying similar things. Yes. Also very helpful just to know this is not just one person that's saying this, right? This is, there's a whole body of knowledge out there that other people that we can expose ourselves to. And I love going down rabbit trails because I'll find someone on someone else's podcast that will lead me to something else that will lead me to something else. And I, I view all of it as the Holy spirit guiding me, mm. God. Mm -hmm. I just believe that God is conspiring in our favor that he wants yes. to lead us along. If we are willing to be brave and go to places that are unusual or that we have never gone before. But sometimes we're scared, especially Christian women are very scared to branch out of their particular denomination or their particular way of thinking. And honestly, we will never grow or change if we are not willing to be wrong about things. Always. We have to always go through life and be willing to be wrong about things. That's how we learn new things. And the thing is, it's how our brains are structured, aren't they? It's like this neuroplasticity, like we are, we're designed 
to grow, grow up, and also develop those new neural pathways to challenge those old beliefs that um, that are no longer serving us or not even true anymore, but we take them as gospel truth. But then yeah. yet, then we like, oh, well, the enemy might be invading our minds or whatever. We've, we've been so right. programmed on so many levels. And when you get outside of that, I think, you know, it's like when you see something, you can't unsee it. Yes. And yeah. And it's, it's wonderful because you're there and there's a bunch of others there uh, with the same message. You have a, a particular niche in working with Christian women. Are most all of your women Christian? Do you, do you deal with others that are, are non-Christian or of other faiths? Let's say. Yeah. I mean, most of them are of some version of the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. So there, um, but we have in the past had, we've had a Jewish person in the past. We've had a Muslim person in the past. We, so we, ha and I don't know how many are of different faiths, um, that have not disclosed what their faith is, uh -huh. but it doesn't matter what the faith is. Mm -hmm. If your faith is keeping you if your faith has been part of what's hooked you into an abusive mindset, mm -hmm. then that's what I, that's what I love to help women with. Because here's the thing. I love God and I believe God is for women. And I want, I want to see women and their faith in God grow deeper and stronger and more profound Yes. And I want them to lean into the love of God. I think that's what it eventually will set them free, but their faith and how their faith has abused them has put up a gargantuan thick wall between them and God. And that wall needs to be torn down. So it, so abuse prevents them from getting to know who they are, who God created them to be and abuse prevent and religious abuse prevents them from getting to know who God is. And yeah. we want to tear down all those walls so that they can find health and hope and healing in themselves and with God. Wow. Well, the fact that you are uh, focusing on Christian women that are in confusing or, you know, disturbing and destructive marriages, it, it does give you that credibility because so many from, you know, very conservative Christian or, you know, evangelical Christian, they're not going to trust others. So right, you have a right. message that is certainly universal. Uh, let me ask you, I'm curious, Natalie, on a couple, couple levels here. Do you find a certain demographic of woman that, that is experienced the covert and, and spiritual abuse? Because like, are they women more in traditional marriages or are they, are, are some of them like career women that um, do have maybe their own identity in the workforce? Is, is there any differences there? Um, I'm seeing it all across the board. I think the vast, I shouldn't say the vast majority, but probably the majority of the women happen to be coming out of the homeschool, you know, really conservative, um, patriarchal kind of Christian movements. Uh -huh. And so, and those, those movements, like I grew up, believing that it was wrong for a, a, for example, for a mom to have a job outside of the home. Mm. So of course, so that, do you see how that teaching, then of mm -hmm. course, those people coming out of that teaching, they're going to mostly be stay at home moms. However, interestingly enough, we have a lot of therapists and teachers and people helper types uh -huh. that are in my program. Yeah. And they are, they are powerful 
human beings mm-hmm. that do not, but they, they love people and they care about people and that hooks them and makes them more susceptible to being manipulated by people. Wow. So yeah, that's they're, true. They're, we've got this, we got this built in yes. helper. Yes. Um, I think those people though are very easy to, once the light bulb goes on with them, you know, they make those connections they're able to heal pretty quickly because they've got a lot of tools in their toolbox already. Uh-huh. They just need to see how it applies to them and how maybe they're letting their boundaries down or not valuing themselves as much once. And they, I feel like they get it much more quickly and their turnaround of healing is much, um, is much more, more much more quick. And the great thing about them that I love is that they're turning around then and taking their healing to so many people because of the kind of job they have. Yes. Oh, but I will, uh, uh, one other thing I want to say though, is moms, moms who get the healing, they're taking their healing to their kids. Yeah. They're making a difference. I hear a lot of testimonies of how, you know, this transformation happened inside of me, changed the way I'm parenting. And wow, my kids have a leg up on life because of the tools that, because I learned these tools, able to pass them on to my kids. And now they are going to, they're much further along than I was when I was, you know, 16, 17 years old. They are changing their branch of the family tree, aren't they? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's huge. It's huge. It's a lot of work because thinking of generations of, of patterns that have affected your neural pathways, you know, and to break through that, it's, it's very courageous and remarkable work. It I so, I, and that's why I've, I've sent you some of my clients, Natalie, and, and it's been such a great supplement for their therapy and really moving forward and, and giving them courage because there yes. is so much, you know, an individual therapist can help a woman with, but when you've got a community and you've got this teaching and you've got this podcast in your ear and you've got others here, it really does. It takes, it takes a lot to, yep. to change that and to have the courage. Yeah, it has to, it, it does. It has to be, uh, there are many women that come in and, and they say, in fact, I just posted this, I think on Twitter, there many people come in and say, my therapist recommended this program my, or this book, my counselor recommended this book or this program. And it's together working in conjunction together with individual therapy getting individual therapy for your own personal problems, Mm -hmm. as well as hearing the truth and understanding that this is a global issue and Mm -hmm. your, what you're experiencing is a thing on a global scale. And even on a smaller scale in the Christian world, in the religious world is important. All of those pieces come together to help give a person the very best chances of healing and moving forward and becoming really a, a, I believe a world changer because when you, I believe in the butterfly effect, <laughs> because when you change your life, you change the world. You I do love that. It's the butterfly effect. And that's yeah. where the flying free logo comes. Yes. From. Yes. That's beautiful. How has this work changed you, Natalie? Um, well, <laughs> I've definitely gone from things I think that were my, that God, when I was born, gave me and intended to be my personality and my strengths 
were taken and really um, just suppressed through oppression. And um, I feel like he cracked open that, that I feel like God cracked open that egg just to let me be able to, or if we want to go back to the butterfly analogy, I had to go from being that caterpillar and and then that chrysalis mo place is yeah. they, the caterpillar actually turns into goo. Like it becomes shapeless and formless. It's just jelly huh. in there. And you had to go through that. That's kind of like the dark night of the soul. That's the, mm. where all the chaos is and the pain and the, you don't know what your future is going to hold, but you have to go through that. That's where God does that transforming work. And I feel like I'm finally flying. I feel like I've been a caterpillar my whole life and wanted another way of looking at it is looking at all my, looking to all of my mommies and daddies for direction and for help and basically staying in a child role, you know, wow. and then finally growing up, I feel for the first time in my life in my fifties that I am an adult that God mm-hmm speaks to me directly. He doesn't speak to me through mommy, through a pastor or through the worship leader or through, you know, he speaks to me directly. I can make adult decisions. I can have confidence and certainty in my choices and my decisions. And also I'm free to make mistakes and be okay with it. There's no shame in making mistakes. There's no shame in trying things and failing. That's how we learn and grow and develop. And it's this big, beautiful thing. And I, I have never been, I mean, there's still stuff in my life. I still have kids at home. My kids are, you know, it's, it's life. None of us is life is going to be a 50, 50, 50% of the time. Amazing, miraculous 50% of the time is going to pretty much suck. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like I'm finally, um, in flow and living the life that God actually prepared for me to live. And I just want to say one more thing too. You think when you are in an abusive relationship that your life is wasted, Mm. or even if you get out, you look back and it's so easy to go, what a waste Mm. I could have had, I could have been spending those years, you know, that that's also a lie. None of it is a waste. All of that is, I like to think of it as a, you know, like a trampoline, Mm -hmm. it's the trampoline that you jump on. And then it launches you like a rocket into your future Mm, without that that trampoline launching pad. You wouldn't have the future that's in store for you. And I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're in your seventies or eighties, you have a future. I believe that we are eternal beings and in, you have a future here on earth. You are still a world changer in your eighties, even in your nineties. I had a great, my grandmother lived to be in her nineties. My great grandmother lived to be 104. We are world changers, no matter what stage we're at Wow! and what our past is, is all part of the big, beautiful package of who God created us to be and how he wants us to change the world. Hold on. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have my fellow edit this out. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You can be a world changer in what every, and and it's kind of like my story. I know my story is different than yours, but there's some similarities, as I said before, but uh, here I am, a relationship therapist. I've been trying to figure out relationships all of my life, Natalie. And I have now 40 years of marital experiences to two, two separate husbands, not at the same time. But at this point, it's, and it's the stories that you tell yourself, aren't they? Or the, that you tell, what is the story about that? And my story 
is that it took those two husbands to get me to where I am today, like learning who I really am. And I, I identify with you on flying free, living in that flow of life. No, it's not perfect. We're all having a human journey. We all go through human struggles, but that's the way it's supposed to be. Exactly. I love your encouragement because no matter what age you are, you can live your most beautiful, vibrantly authentic and abundant life. I I believe that. That's right. And it's not a waste. So I think this valuable, valuable message, Natalie. How can folks is, well, first of all, is there any final words that you have? Cause I want to, I want to know how folks can get. In touch. Um, I, nope, I don't think so. <laughs> you, you, you did great. I, I love it. We could go on and on. I would absolutely love another hour of your time, but this would be way too long. How can folks get in touch with you? Um, well, my website is flyingfreenow.com and, um, you can get on my mailing list. There'll be a little pop-up and I'll send you the first chapter of my book for free and the first chapter of the companion workbook. And then once you're on my mailing list, I will, um, I'll kind of nurture you a little bit. We'll hold hands for a little while. And I'm on, I, my, my podcast is the fly. It's just called the flying free podcast. And you can find that on any, you know, podcast app, unless it's some obscure one. I don't, I guess I don't, I think there's like hundreds of them now, oh, but like I Apple no podcasts idea. or, you know, Google <laughs> podcasts or Spotify, the, those I have. So the flying free podcast is another place where you can find me. Those, those two places are the main, I'm on all of the different social media things. I just started TikTok, So, um, oh, but oh, I feel like a you. lot of what. Christians aren't over there. <laughs> <No>. So, <laughs> but anyway, I want folks to see this, the cover of your book again, is it me? And uh, yes, making sense of your confusing marriage, a Christian woman's guide to hidden and um, emotional and spiritual abuse. It, it's like, yes, get the free chapter, but get the book too, because it, it yeah. it, it's going to really make a difference. And so you've been so instrumental in my life on so many levels, Natalie, and you, you wouldn't, I couldn't count how many, how many clients and how many times I've mentioned you need to listen to flying free podcast. Listen to this, listen to this. And so you've been a great resource. So any therapists that are there that need, need you there, you're there. And I so appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for letting me share your, uh, share your podcast audience with you. It's been a pleasure. It's all about better relationships and a better life, isn't it? And thanks so much for being my guest. Thank you. Wow, I felt the intensity of Natalie's story, and you may have too. And I want you to know that you're not alone. Do reach out by filling out the form on the website, betterrelationshipsbetterlife.com, or by contacting Natalie through her website, flyingfreenow.com. There's plenty of support and hope. In the meantime, Please share, subscribe, rate, and comment in the streaming platform of your choice. See you next time on Better Relationships, Better Life.